0: Hey, welcome to The Resolve Podcast, episode number six. I'm Carly Tisano, a New Year's resolution coach, obsessed with all things goal-setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. I am so excited to be sharing this interview with you today with a dear, sweet friend of mine, Kathleen Allen. Part of what I wanted to do when I created the Resolve podcast was to interview successful people to find out what got them to where they are, where they're headed next, and the big New Year's resolutions or goals that are going to help them get there. I think that there is so much that we can learn from people who have really found expertise and focus in a particular area who have met their biggest goals and aspirations there or who are on their way to that destination. There's so much that we can learn from them and Kathleen really has a real area of focus something that she's been kind of building to all of her life and she has such an interesting journey. I'm so excited to share it with you today and so if you are interested in exercise running or really just interested in personal development I think there are some major things you're going to be able to take away from the interview today. Kathleen has been active life coaching before she even knew it was a thing. She is passionate about all things fitness, specifically running. For over 20 years and multiple neighborhoods, she has encouraged women to run with her. While doing so, they solve all of life's problems. After becoming acquainted with life coaching and the life coach school, Kathleen realized what she was doing with friends and neighbors was something she could share virtually with unlimited numbers of women. She became certified through the life coach school and started her coaching business. Recently, she chose to leave her full-time teaching position at a dental school in order to pursue her newfound passion active life coaching. Kathleen has such a great story and I cannot wait to share this interview with you. So without further ado, here is my interview with Kathleen Allen. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you and to talk about you and your background and your experience and a bit more about exercise and working out. So to start off, why don't you share a little bit about your journey and everything that led you to where you are today? Oh, wow. That's a big
1: ask. But what I'm going to do is start with my dad was a runner. And I remember in high school, him wanting me to go out and run with him. And so I did. And I hated it. Like I felt <laughs> sick the whole day at school. I remember thinking running sucks. I'll never want to do this again. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> and I, I was probably, my dad was six one. I was probably trying to keep up with him, trying to go. I mean, now that I know more, I realized you can't just you know get up at six in the morning and you haven't been doing that forever and just think you can go run five miles or whatever it was but anyway that was my first experience with it and it wasn't until I was married and my mm-hmm. husband decided he wanted to run a race and so I got the kids ready and we went and watched him and I remember thinking oh my gosh how could you run for that long you know it was probably it was a 10k so probably running for about an hour and I just thought oh I can't even imagine and then of course as our brain does I I kind of watched as the people were running and there's something you can't help, but be somewhat inspired by these people doing this. And I just, it was probably the first time that I thought, Oh, I wonder if I could do that. Mm. And so after I'd had my second baby, I wanted to get in shape. My husband was like, isn't it time to have another baby? And I just, I wanted to feel like my body was really in good shape before I got pregnant again. And so I thought, you know, I should train for a 10K. And then we had kind of a local 10K that was coming up and it was like six weeks away. And so I thought, well, if I just every week added another mile, in six weeks, I'd be at six miles. So I'll do it. And so I did. And I had a park nearby and I just, it was one mile around and I just kept building up and building up. And that's basically how I did it. And I went and ran it. And it really was to check off the box, you know, and I really did never consider running again. I didn't care if I ever ran again. I just wanted to do it that once. And then the next time I probably started running was after I had that baby and thought, Oh, I just got to get rid of this weight. And I, I honestly would say I started running at that time because I was impatient. Like it was the fastest way that I knew to burn the calories. And my husband would come home from work and I could take off and in 20 minutes I could, you know, burn a certain amount of calories that I couldn't have any other way. Right. So anyway, so fast forward to several years later. So I wasn't really a regular runner. I just kind of toyed at it, but it really was just to change my body shape or, you know, lose the baby weight. And then I had a friend come up to me at church and say, would you ever want to start running? And I thought I've never really, like I said before, I did it like I did it with my dad. I did it to run the 10 K, but I never really said I'm gonna start running, which is what she said. So she lived around the corner and we met at 6 a.m. on the corner and we would run every day. And we did it six days a week. And it was pretty amazing. We had a little just 1.8 mile figure eight that we did. And then as soon as we got okay with that, then we do it twice. And that was about as far as I went with her. And she lived a mile away from me. So I would drop her off at her house. And then I'd usually sprint home. And then I remember the first day that I started, I thought, you know, I need to do it twice. So
0: after Mm -hmm. I ran
1: with her, then I went and did it myself, you know? And so it just kind of from that led to, oh, I wonder what else I could do. And there were other things that came up and she and I would just talk about all the things. So she had little kids, I had kids and we just, I realized that if you're talking to somebody about life, you are thinking about the running and it's not hard anymore. And we also solved a lot of problems back then. And so that I think was my first experience with active coaching without knowing what I was doing. And then fast forward several years, every neighborhood that I'd move in, I'd get other people and I'd run with them. And a couple of different times friends would say, oh my gosh, I feel so much better after we run. And I had someone say, I should totally pay you for this. And of course I laughed about it. But then when I found out what life coaching was, I thought I should totally become certified and do this, have the tools that I need and really be able to help people while they're running, while they're working out and make this a thing. So that's how I kind of got to it.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned active life coaching. What, what is that? All right. I just, I
1: think it's just, it is life coaching. It's actually having someone there to help you through your life, help you figure out the processes, the thoughts, the things that are leading you and getting you the results that you want, and hopefully um, helping you to get different results if you're not getting what you want. So if I add the active component onto the life coaching idea, it's that I coach women while they're either running, hiking, walking. I have a client that likes to work on our Peloton while we're coaching. And so I can, if they're local, I have had clients that come and we actually will walk or run or hike wow. together. But most of my clients are all over the country. And so it's virtual. So I'm usually at home and they, it's like a Bluetooth run. They've got me in their Bluetooth and we're just talking as they're going. And then I provide them with a, a follow-up so they don't have to remember everything that they we're talking about while well, they were moving, but the difference between that and coaching someone when they're not moving, I feel like they just, there's just some momentum and you've got yeah. more oxygen going. And it's just, for me, it's been really kind of magic to see what happens when someone is actually working on their life and their fitness and moving. And my favorite is when they're outside. Cause I oh, just, yeah. yeah, there's just a boost of being outside.
0: And I imagine there's kind of that added benefit too of you have a busy life, you have so many things going on. You really want to get help, like you said, kind of going through all those things in your brain, all the stuff that you're dealing with and being able to combine that with moving your body, with the exercise you want to be doing anyway, that's got to be a big plus too. Yeah, absolutely. I would say over
1: half of my clients have already got the moving part, the active part in their life. So they already know when they do it. Mm. And so they just add the life coaching 6am one day a week, you know, or whenever it is that they are used to working the active part into their life. So it's just, yeah, just kind of two birds with one stone, I guess.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people listen, of course, to music while they exercise, but I also know that there's a huge demographic, me included, who listen to personal development books, I guess, just audiobooks in general or podcasts. So this is cool because it's kind of that, but really personalized to you. Absolutely. I say, you know,
1: turn off your true crime once a week
0: and just <laughs>
1: let's see what would happen if we're just like working on you. And I've had this thought because I will go I'll like read a self-help book or go to a lecture. And think it's really awesome. I'm taking all this in, but now what am I going to do with mm-hmm. it? And I feel like the active life coaching is the now what, you know, we can mm-hmm. think of all these things going on in our life. Now, what are we going to do to apply it and improve
0: or change? Yeah. Our life? Mm-hmm. Well, so kind of going off of that for the people who don't really know where to start, even with the exercise piece, a lot of people know that they should exercise and a lot of people want to exercise more, but if they're having trouble, where do they even start? That's a good question. I I feel like it's really important to find something that you love.
1: I I think that there's so many options out there right now. I mean, I have a lot of friends that do high fitness, which is like dance, aerobic almost kind of thing. There's kickboxing, there's CrossFit. There's, of course, it's the easiest thing is to just go out and walk because you don't need any special equipment except comfortable shoes. You know, you can walk anywhere There's running, hiking, like I mentioned, Peloton, or some people really like spin class. There's all kinds of classes in gyms. I really like yoga. I think it's just, there's such an amazing place in this world for yoga because it just helps you get to a certain calm place. And, you know, I guess depending on what kind of yoga you like, if you like the hot, really energetic (laughs) yoga, it's probably not quite as zen, but anyway, I just think you need to find what works best for you and what you think you would really love. Don't make yourself do something. I mean, you can probably, but then try it and see, does this feel like something that I'm going to want to do?
0: Yeah. So I think I fall into the camp of someone who has experimented with a lot of those things that you mentioned. And I love a lot of them. Running is probably the one I like the least, but we'll talk about that more in a minute. So what do you say to someone who wants to exercise, maybe does exercise, but has a lot of exercise interests? I think that's amazing.
1: I think every week gives you a new opportunity to plan your Mm -hmm. fitness schedule. Like people plan out their, you know, what they're going to do, their accomplishments. Maybe if they have meetings for work and they plan their schedule once a week, that's one of the main things of my planning is what is my fitness going to look like this week? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll throw a class in there. Sometimes I'll do a yoga either online or I'll go to a class or You know, I'll have a certain friend that I haven't seen for a while, so we go on a walk or a hike, and I just think it's—I think it's amazing if you have multiple interests. I do think if there's something that you want to really get better at, then you need to do it at least three times a week to Mm. improve. Yeah, if you're just looking—if you're just looking at overall fitness, then I think it's great for your body to mix it up and try different things.
0: What do you think stands in the way for most people as they are trying to move towards incorporating exercise into their life or just doing it three days a week or five days a week or whatever is going to fit into their life? What stands in their way? I think it's the, basically it's a motivation kind
1: of a mm. component
0: because I feel like the shoulds,
1: I should exercise can only get you so far. I feel like um, a lot of us get this guilt, like, Oh, I should really You know, whether it's the doctors told me my blood pressure is high or whatever it is, but that really only lasts a certain amount of time. And that's why I say find something that you love because then it could be, you know, more enjoyable. My husband kind of made fun of me. He's like, who ever would have thought that running would become a social activity? Because most people go out and run by themselves. But in every place that I've lived, I've usually found um, like minded women who want to run. And so it's awesome because it's social for me because I like that interaction. Other people, like you mentioned, self-help books or podcasts. So some kind of combining it with something that you like. So take your exercise and make it social or take your exercise and listen to a great book or take your exercise and make a playlist that just is amazing and that you just look forward to. There's always the things about, I mean, most people will say, get a cute new outfit, buy some (laughs) new shoes and that works once or twice, you know, and then I also think education, a lot of people just don't know what's out there. If you really want to exercise, look into it, find out what the best shoes are going to be for you, or find out what classes are open. And there's rec centers there that, you know, almost anywhere that don't cost near as much as like a gym. And then I think some people are really intimidated by it. They feel like, Oh, I can't get out there and just run. I don't know. What if I look stupid or we could talk about that all day? Like who cares what anyone else thinks? But I think one thing that helps is just talk to someone who does it. ask them mm-hmm. about it. What do you think about it? Talk to someone who goes to that rec center or that gym and just say, so what do I do? You know, cause I mean, I know that just knowing where to go and do I need my card or can I have just my phone on the app? And is it going to cost me the first time I go? And all these questions, just look into it, just start looking into what it's going to take for you to try that class or to get out and try running, you know, find a place, find out where other people run and see what that might look like. So those are the things that I came up with.
0: Yeah, I think those things definitely stand in the way of a lot of people either getting started in the first place or kind of being willing to expand into all of those other areas maybe and find those exercise routines or activities that they really enjoy and that could bring them so much pleasure in exercise. It's something we all know that we need to do, that we need to make part of our life. And you were talking a bit about shoulds and shoulds being a really kind of disempowering motivator because they just don't last and they aren't going to drive the kind of action that we want, at least not in the long term. So how do you begin with your clients to break through those shoulds of I should run or I should exercise and kind of tap into a deeper motivation that's actually going to carry them through all the way to the end?
1: That's a good question. I think, and that would be exploring your why, right? Mm -hmm. And finding a why that's really compelling for you. And that that can look different for everyone. Being able to fit into those jeans is compelling enough to keep them going. To other people, just the way their body feels, I, I don't care what size you are. If you can get your body regularly moving, it's going to feel better. Now, if you go over the top and you do too much, then you might be injured and you don't feel better. But for most of us, really just moving and getting the blood flow going is going to do so much for you that you're going to feel better. And why do we do anything? It's because of how it's going to make us feel. And it's interesting that you bring up like the, um, oh, to find pleasure, because people just think it's there's no way that you enjoy the exercise because no pain, no gain, that kind of a thing. And I do think there is some of that. You can't be totally afraid of feeling soreness in your muscles or heavy breathing or you know those kinds of things are going to be a component but i think that the benefits that you will have will far outweigh that
0: it's interesting you say that because this last week i've started running again i haven't run for a really long time but i think my brain kind of in anticipation of this interview it was telling me i needed to get back out there and start running again so i did a couple times this week and i noticed how much more sore in like different muscles I was than I normally am from the other exercises that I do. And my, my brain was trying to tell me like, this is a big deal, this hurts, I hate this. And I was able to catch onto that right away and realize, no, this is how I want my body to feel. I want to feel like I'm growing stronger. I want to feel like I'm working out my muscles. It's something that I love about exercise. It's not something I hate about exercise. And even if it does hurt a little bit, that's okay, but I'm not doing it to hurt myself. I'm right. doing it to ultimately benefit myself And to reach my exercise goals, even if that's just to do it regularly, not to enter a competition or run a half marathon or anything like that. So what do you say to people who, like me, hate to run? That's a mantra that I've had pretty much through my whole life. I've just admitted that I'm trying to get back into it. Maybe it's one of my shoulds, (laughs) It's something that I just think I should do, but I've always had this idea in my head that I hate to run, but it's something that I guess I just feel like I should do.
1: Well, first of all, you know how I feel about the should thing. So (laughs) like you you honestly don't have to be a runner, but because you are my friend, I feel compelled to share the joy of running with you. So my first thing is slow down. Mm. Most people that start running just take off way too fast and it's painful, especially if you haven't done it. Building the cardio to me is the hardest part. And that usually takes consistently a couple of weeks, maybe even three weeks of three times a week before you'll start to feel like it's not painful anymore and you're not coughing up a lung or something. So I think the slow down part, it's funny because I kind of told you my running evolution, but in between the just running that 10K and becoming a regular runner. I went on a um, work trip with my husband and people from his work. And one of the women um, that went was a half marathoner, or done a lot of running. And she asked me and another one of the women, if we wanted to run, it was we we're in Florida. And I thought, okay, sure. And so we ran and I mean, it was fun, whatever. The next day she was like, oh my gosh, my calves are so sore. You were taking us so fast. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? And it's the first time that I had considered, you can slow down, like you can run you slow You can run
0: a different pace? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just thought mm.
1: run was one pace, you know, Interesting. and that was really revealing to me. And it kind of freaked me up to think, oh, I could actually go out and not have to kill myself and actually slow down.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I think I see that with a lot of my clients and even just friends and people that I meet they think that whatever it is, the thing that they're working towards, they have to get there this certain way using certain tools or in a certain time frame. And there's so much power when we can take a step back and realize you don't have to, you can do it whatever way you want and take however long you want. And that's totally okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really important part of distance running is that mm-hmm. as you add more mileage, they recommend that you do it at two minutes per mile slower than you normally would be able to run. Like if you're going to add a couple miles onto the length of your run, then they tell you to slow way down to be able to go further distance.
0: I love that idea of, to go the distance, sometimes you have to go slow. I think that makes so much sense because when we're in a hurry, yeah, sometimes we miss stuff or we don't take lessons as much to heart. We're not willing maybe to fail as many times or in as many ways as we are when we really know that we're in something for the long haul. We're gonna put in the time and effort and energy that it's gonna take to get where we wanna go. I think with that alone, that's kind of like the secret to whatever goal it is you wanna reach, whether it's exercising more or building a business or writing a book or just reading more when you really want to go the long-term, reminding yourself it's okay to go slow, to build up to whatever that end goal you have is a key to success. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: When you were sharing your journey, you talked a little bit about how your motivation kind of changed through different phases. At first, it was just to prove to yourself that you could do this, and then it changed to weight loss, and then it changed to, let's see how I can get other people involved, make this more of a social um, outlet. So it sounds like as you're kind of going through the process... Your motivation can change.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Because now if you ask me why I run, it's because I say it's to be happy. It's my happy Mm. pills and it's absolutely true. And so, yeah, I wouldn't have even considered that the first time I started running. I wouldn't have even put those together. In fact, I had a, a woman come up to me when I was just, I, I, gotten into running enough and she was aware of other people that I'd got to start running. And she's like, you don't really like running while you're doing it. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. You just like
1: how you feel after. And I said, I really do like it while I'm doing it. <laughs> you know." And I, it really did cause me to think when I'm running, am
0: I liking this? Mm-hmm. I'm really liking this. What point along the way did that switch happen? Cause I clearly, if my inner monologue is still, I hate this as I'm running, <laughs> that's not synonymous with, I love this. I love the process and how I feel afterwards. So maybe you felt kind of inclined that way all along. And if not the when did that switch kind of happen? Okay.
1: Well, you know, as well as I do that, that I hate running as a thought that could yes. be changed and swapped it, out. Mm-hmm. But to me, honestly, I know when it happened. So as we got our little 1.8 mile and we, I would do it a couple more times, Kind of at that same time, my husband was running quite a bit, and there was a friend that we had at church who was going to do a relay. So I don't know if you've ever heard of these like 24 hour relays where you have teams that do it. And it seemed absolutely nuts to me when he told me (laughs) about it. But someone was part of a group and they'd had people drop out. So this guy came to my husband and said, Would you be interested in? you know, running one of the legs of the relay. So anyone who's on the team runs three times within a 24 hour period. And it's usually equivalent of about when you add up your miles, it's anywhere from 13 to 18 miles total that you end up running. And that's on very little sleep because your teams are running through the night. You might get a couple hours, but anyway. So when he said he was doing, I thought you are crazy. And then he came back and said, Hey, Kath, you want to do it too? We had somebody else drop out. And I was like, no way. (laughs) And so, but there was this one day that I got back from running and I ran our loop three times. I had run nine miles Mm. and I thought I could do that relay. I could totally do that relay. And so I called my husband and I said, I think I'm going to do that relay. There was 12 people on a team. There was one other woman. She was in the other van. You have two vans of six. And everyone has to run through the night one time. So I'm one of those that I honestly don't want to do something unless I know I can do it really well and I can be prepared for it. So I studied what my routes were going to be to the point of I knew the elevation that it was going to climb. And I found a route in my neighborhood that was the same as... That my hardest route, right? So I knew when, at what point in my run, I was going to hit that hill, how I was going to hit it, how fast I was going to go. So I spent so much time getting ready for this thing. So it was my nighttime run. And first of all, it's a little bit spooky. You're out there in the middle of who knows where California. And there were tall redwoods that lined the, the really remote highway I was on. I had my lamp on and I got to the hill that I had prepared for, and I passed a few runners. Now, with the relay, it's not like most races. You really are spread out because you've had so many different variables, and each team is a different place. So it's kind of unusual to to even see other runners. So I passed a few people going up the hill. And then I started down and usually I'm a little bit scared going down. I'm kind of worried about falling, mm-hmm. but I heard this runner coming up behind me and I just started hauling it downhill. And like, I had never run before, like just letting myself go as fast as I could. And when I got to the end, my husband is like, oh my gosh, you enjoyed that. I was so excited. Of course she didn't pass me. It was so fun. And at the end, they looked at the stats and everything. And I was like the second fastest runner in that whole group. And I had not been running. Anyway, that was when, and it was my husband said to me as I came through, he said, You love running. And I was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's true. I do. (laughs) Whoever (laughs) thought it just happened to me. And so, anyway, that's when it happened for me. And I think it was a combination of getting to a certain fitness level, because when you are building that, it's hard to love it because it's just torture. Let's be honest, you know, (laughs) while you're building it up, but once you get so that, you know, you can do it, your cardio. And once you get to the point where like, I just had prepared for that to the point, it's like studying so much for a test and acing it, you know? So each time you go out and run, can be like a reward for your previous runs.
0: Mm -hmm. And you don't have to love it from day one.
1: No, you probably won't.
0: Yeah. Very few things I think do you really enjoy right from the get-go. Yeah. So before we moved on earlier, also, when you were telling your story, you talked a little bit about getting certified. And since you and I met through certification at the life coach school, we were in the same practicum group. We went through our training together and then we really randomly selected each other to be partners. And we have met together every week since uh, long after certification to kind of stay in touch and keep each other accountable. And we just become such great friends. I'm curious what it was that led you to make that transition from coaching friends on the side casually, as you're running, sometimes when you're not, to I want to become certified so I can help so many more people.
1: Good question. So actually, it was a friend of mine that I was running with who recommended that I might want to listen to Jody Moore. So she's also a coach from the Life Coach School, certified, and so I started listening to her, and I heard her talk so much about her mentor. Brooke Castillo. That I quickly switched from Jody's podcast and went to Brooks because I I'm like that. I wanted to go to the source. Yes, and <laughs> and I started listening to her, and I don't know. She's very um, motivational, can we say? And everything that she was saying just resonated, and it just really felt natural to me. Like mm. she put processes and tools on things that just had come natural to me and I never would have known how to put them into words. Mm-hmm. And so I remember listening to her and thinking, okay, here's what I want to do because you can join her scholars for a certain amount of money and then she has a certification. And I thought, well, to make sure that this is really what I want to do, I'm going to join scholars for 3 months. And I'm going to read a bunch of self-help books to kind of see if this is really a route I want to go. And then if it is, then I'm going to start certification. And so I I did that and I really did like the scholars. I liked the self-help books, but I think really the thing that pushed me over the edge was my husband who knows me really well. And cause I said, this is what I want to do. And he said, you should totally do this. This is mm. so up your alley and it's really going to be something that is going to work for you. But, you know, so having his encouragement, blessing, whatever. And also it's a, it was a big financial commitment, as you know. So that was important component. So I think it was just, I guess that it resonated so much as something that um, just fit with things that I loved. And yeah, that was probably it right there.
0: It's so cool to see how everyone from your friends to your family, to your husband have really held space for your growth and kind of encouraged you all throughout your journey. And I think that's kind of what, led us to becoming coaches is wanting to be that for someone else. And Mm -hmm. of course, everyone can hopefully get it from their friends and family as well, but to kind of have that outside eye, outside perspective. And like you said, with all the tools and knowledge we have to be able to share them with others to help them reach their goals, whether in their life in general, or their exercise goals is such a powerful thing. So now I want to move into the resolution round. So we're going to be talking more about goals, what your goals look like, how you set goals, all the things. So I'm curious first, do you set resolutions?
1: I do, but I will tell you that I'm hesitant to set resolutions. I'll tell you, I've been thinking a lot about this and it's because I don't like setting goals that I won't for sure reach. Mm. So I was thinking about this when I decided I wanted to try to run a marathon or even considered a marathon. So I wouldn't have considered running a marathon because it just sounded like, oh my gosh, that would just be the hardest thing ever. But I heard someone say that they did this method that was running a certain amount of time and then walking a certain amount of time then running and walking. And this was someone I looked up to. She was really fit. She did a lot of marathons. And I thought, oh my gosh, if she can walk and run, I can maybe do that. And so I looked into that. And even with that run walk, which really allowed me to go further, I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to say I'm going to run a marathon until I can run 18 miles and feel strong. Mm -hmm. If I can feel strong at 18 miles, then I'll sign up for a marathon. So even I set my goal out there as this is the marathon that I want to run, but I found a plan and I did tell myself I'm not signing up for that marathon until I know I can make it through 18 miles and feel strong. Cause I just, I didn't want to be one of those people that collapsed at the end of the race. I wanted to be able to know that there was a way to run a marathon and feel good through the whole thing. And I'm telling you there is, and I've done it. I've done it three times. One time I didn't because I didn't listen to my injury, but I have (laughs) completed four marathons. So that's
0: amazing. Well, and you're totally right. I think there is definitely a stigma around resolutions that people make them and shrug them off. And they're kind of made with the presumption that they won't be kept. And that's why I do what I do, as you know, to break through that stigma and to help people set goals and resolutions that they actually are going to keep and follow through on, but you're so right it has a lot of those same factors that we're talking about earlier like you need the motivation and you need the education and you need to ditch the shoulds and understand your why um, and those are the same things whether you're setting a goal or a resolution having those components figuring them out and being prepared to tackle them when the time comes is what helps you keep your goal whatever it may be whether you set it in the form of a resolution or not
1: right I do think too because I've been thinking a lot about this like why do I not want to say that I'm going to do something that I can't do? Okay. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really fear of failing. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to have that like on my quote unquote record. Right. But then I think what would have been the worst thing if I trained up through that 18 miles and I got injured or I didn't feel strong. I learned so much getting there. So it just makes me, it makes me realize that not setting a resolution. Like I think Allowing yourself to change maybe partway through to be able to, if this isn't working, to not make it mean that you're a total failure in life because would it be better to fail trying to get to the goal or would it be better to fail ahead by not even setting the goal?
0: Yeah, that's something I talk to clients about all the time, because of course we want to set ourselves up for success. So we're probably not going to put a resolution for next year to go visit the moon, although it's becoming more and more likely maybe that you can someday do that. (laughs) But if it's something that's completely outside your wheelhouse, or you really don't want to do it, then don't set it as a goal or resolution. Don't set yourself up to fail in that way. But if you're not going to do it because you're scared or worried, or know it's going to take a lot of work, Those are reasons that future you is probably not going to be super happy with. And even if you only get 2% of the way there, that's 2% more than you were before you started. And you're going to have so much growth and accomplishment in even just that 2% that it's totally worth setting the goal or the resolution and just starting to take that action. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: So what is the biggest goal or resolution that you've set and accomplished?
1: Okay. So the ones that I... I think the biggest one is probably the marathon. And mm-hmm. we're going to call that a resolution whether I wrote it down yeah. until I got my 18 or not. But that was and that one was an interesting one because what I found was I found a training plan that I stuck to religiously. And it was so amazing to me. It would tell me how many miles to run each day and I did it, and each weekend I'd have a long run. So I just kept this long run is 13 miles. And then the next long run that I increase my mileage would be 15 and then 16. And I just did it. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm running a marathon, you know? Wow. And so it was just setting that out. The other thing about like the way I am, even in training for a marathon, the person that I follow is the Jeff Galloway method. And his book was marathon. You can do it. And I read the book and he says that for the psychological benefit. So a lot of people will say, don't run more than 18 miles or train harder than 18 miles because that's just too hard on your body. And so running through 18, you can still get to your 26 when you run the race anyway. But he says that, psychologically, especially for the first time, is sometimes worth it to go further so that you know your body can actually go further. So Mm. people thought I was crazy, but I trained to 28 miles when I trained for my first marathon because I knew in my head when I hit that 25, 26, I've done this before. I've already done this. My body has shown me it can do this. So that was a good thing for me. The other thing that came to mind when you said, what's the biggest? So I didn't realize that this was a goal either. But there was a time in my life where I went back to work and started working and became for a short time, the primary breadwinner. And in my head, I said, it would be really cool if I could make hundred thousand dollars by myself, mm. if I could get to that. I didn't write it down, but the thought came to my mind. And then within mm, maybe eight, nine months of that, I realized I'm making hundred thousand dollars. Wow. And so to me, that's just the power of a thought or a resolution. I mean, I should have, could have written it down, but just putting that thought in my brain made it come about because, and I went through all the, you know, all different venues, all different ways to make it happen. I wouldn't have known how to do it when I came up with the idea, but I did keep working until I did get there.
0: Yeah. It all just starts with a thought, even if it's not one that we write down and make strategic step-by-step plans for that's where every goal and resolution and really our whole future comes from our thoughts, at least at one point. And that's so cool to have that example of even just being able to identify in this one area, this is something that I want to do, or it would be so cool if I could do this, just laid the groundwork for you to go on and do exactly that. Yeah. So what goal are you working on right now?
1: (laughs) So I was, I was thinking about that. Most of my goals right now are business related. Mm-hmm. So just how many clients that I want to get by a certain amount of time, I want to be able to help more people. And so yeah. i you know, set specific numbers. And then Facebook ads have been daunting to me. So figuring <laughs> those out and getting them on is going to be like a 90 day goal for me, I've decided. And then also my fitness and active goals are just always kind of running in the background for me. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that. Like my goal right now is be running like 18 miles a week, having one yoga day or stretching day a week. And then two strength days. I always try to get in at least 10,000 steps a day, but usually considerably more than that. So I just kind of have that, like I said, kind of running in the background that I'm keeping my body moving and active because that helps everything else. I also have a weight goal and that one's an interesting one because it has no end. <laughs> I've, just, <laughs> I've decided I put no time on it because I'm just allowing it to take as long as it will because I've maintained it a certain weight, but I would love to be able to maintain lower. And so I've kind of gone to different ways of eating. I've tried a, a lot of different things and changed up my fitness a little bit. And so I just kind of have that one running in the background and I can see myself eking down, getting down. And I just let it sit and just let it take as long as it needs to. Yeah.
0: I love all the different kinds of goals that you touched on. Like we can set some that are for 30 days or 90 days. We can set ones that are completely open-ended. We can set ones that are really specific or ones that are more general. We can set ones that are habit based, like just having your normal exercise routine, or you can have ones that are more accomplishment based, like training for a marathon. It's so cool. The different ways that we can structure the things that we want and begin to work towards them in whatever way is going to work best for us, depending on our life and the goal itself and what it's going to take to get there.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about, I heard a podcast just probably today. I think that um, everyone should be trying to be awesome. And it made me think about my running because I've just kind of let it I don't know. I I get up to, like I said, run 18 miles a week, but I don't really push myself on pace or I haven't really trained recently for an, an event. And so I'm kind of thinking that like right now, in order to, for me to take that back to awesome, I, I need to really consider whether it's going to be a distance that I search for, or I want to pick up my pace or a specific event. So I'm just kind of considering what that's going to look like for me to, take myself to an awesome place instead of just a maintenance place.
0: Yeah. And even as a coach, it's okay to change your goals and the way that you do things, even when coaching and being active are kind of like the two core things of what you do. It's okay to change and experiment and try new things and to be awesome in all those areas. I mean, of course I think you already are, but just to take your growth and your development to the next level, always worth it. Yeah. So every week on the podcast, um, we encourage listeners to resolve to consider something, experiment with something, or take some action. So what would you encourage our listeners to resolve to do?
1: Well, I think because my emphasis is on the active part, I would say resolve to evaluate your fitness activity and nutrition and set a goal where you feel like you need to or where you would like to, and then write it down somewhere. Last year, I I actually did write on a uh, white marker board that we have that my whole family could see. I wrote down some resolutions for the year, and one of them was run a half marathon. And this was during pandemic. And I signed up for one, and I trained for one, and then it got canceled. But I went and ran the 13.1 on the day that I was supposed to race it. And I don't think I would have done it had I not written it down, but I wanted to get a little check off on the marker board <laughs> that I had done it. So writing it down, I think is really important.
0: It is. There's some crazy statistic. It's, I think you're like 80% more likely to achieve your goal. If you write it down, it's something insane. And I think also having that added accountability of having it somewhere where your whole family could see it. And it's amazing what we'll do to get a check mark or a gold star. I definitely <laughs> fall into that category with you. Yeah. Okay. So I want to end our amazing interview with some confetti questions. So these are just quick, just for fun to help us get to know you a little bit better and to share some of the behind the scenes of being an active life coach. So I'm curious, Kathleen, when during the day, do you do your best work?
1: For sure. I do it after a run and it's often inspired in the shower. Like the idea often comes in the shower and then I'm out of doing my best
0: work. That's awesome. What is the best piece of advice that you've been given?
1: The one that comes to mind is my sister. It was years ago. And it's interesting for me now that this was my advice, but she says it's not a race. And it was just at a time in my life that I was thinking I wasn't where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And she was just saying life isn't a race.
0: So true. And it goes back to exactly what we were talking about earlier. If you know that you need to go slow in order to build it up to exactly what you want it to be. So worth it. Yeah what do you do to rest?
1: So I watch Netflix with my husband or I go on a walk, like easy walk, mm-hmm. or I sleep in. That's a good one. give myself the chance to sleep in.
0: So when you are watching Netflix with your husband, what's your favorite TV show?
1: Well, okay. I just finished The Good Place, which I thought was okay. really good. I also really liked The Crown and Bridgerton and The Queen's Gambit, So mm-hmm. it'd be hard for me to those. Yeah, Maybe uh, my favorite one dishes. is just what I'm watching right now, which I got to find another one.
0: Yeah. I hate that transition point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about, what's your favorite beverage? So just like any time
1: beverage would be uh, lime Perrier with pebble ice and a fresh squeeze lime. I do have a favorite protein shake that I have almost every day. And then if I was going to choose an herbal tea, it would be licorice.
0: Ooh, licorice. That sounds so fun. What book has had the greatest impact on your life?
1: So I think I'd have to say there's two of them, but the first one would be Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. I read that a long time ago, but it was the first time that I really realized that no matter what situation you're in, you still can control your reactions, your thoughts, and also you can find gratitude even in the most horrible circumstances. And then another one is written by William George Jordan. And it's this little nugget of a book that my husband introduced me to. It's called The Power of Truth. And it just has so many, it's like these essays about how powerful truth is and finding Mm -hmm. truth in anywhere you can find it. It's just, it's really an amazing book.
0: Wow. It sounds great. So related to that, what book are you currently reading?
1: So I'm always reading more than one but so right what now books I'm reading, are you currently reading? <laughs> okay. I am reading more than a body by uh, Lizzie, Lexi and Lindsay kite, the happiness project, Gretchen Rubin and, Ruben, and so smarter, faster, better by Charles. Durick. It's, it's oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. I've read that one too. The happiness project. That's one of my all time favorites.
1: <laughs> I know that. And yeah, I'm funny about books. Cause I'll think I'll get to the point where I like, yeah, I kind of have this figured out and then I'll either lose interest or come back to it and get the rest of it. But yeah, those are the ones I'm working on right now.
0: Yeah, those are great. And what is a win that you are currently celebrating that we can toast with you? I was thinking
1: I would have to say, it seems like a strange one because I considered running a half marathon today. I just got on a whim at the beginning of the week. I found out about it kind of too late and I wasn't trained for it. I thought I'm going to go do it, but I decided against it. And I decided against it for uh, a few reasons, but I got up this morning and I went and ran eight and a half miles. And that was more in line with what I was trained to. It's the furthest I've run in probably six weeks. And so it was more of a self-compassion achievement than going and putting myself through the torture of the half marathon that I was far from trained for.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that is a win in and of itself to run the furthest you've gone in six weeks to know that you listen to yourself, that you can trust yourself and the accomplishment itself, of course. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> I'll toast toast that with you. So Kathleen, tell everyone where they can find more about you and what you do and active life coaching.
1: Great. Well, first, easiest would be to go to my website, KathleenAllenLifeCoach.com. And you can read all about me there. If you want to sign up for a initial session, the first one is always free. There's a button right on the homepage for that. And then on Facebook, I have a Facebook page called Active Life Coaching. And Instagram is Kath Allen Life Coaching. So any of those ways.
0: Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for coming to be on the podcast today. It has been so much fun. I love your story and I've loved getting to know you over the last couple of years almost. And I'm so excited to see where you're going to go, how far you're going to run, even if it's not a race. And thank you just so much for coming to be here today. Well, Carly,
1: you have been an amazing um, addition to life coaching, the benefits that I've gotten. And from the get-go, I'll just put it out there. You can probably tell from the sound of our voices that Carly is much younger than I am. And when we were the way that we had to pick a peer coach to coach with, it was just kind of random and everyone just started scrambling. And so when I realized I was probably the oldest one in the group and Carly close to the youngest, and it kind of just fell together that we were together. I was like, I totally understand if you want to go get with somebody else, because there were still a few people out there. And from the get go, Carly is like, you are the perfect coach for me. We're going to be the perfect partners. And just that attitude is just so it's invigorating. It's contagious. And I just think all of your clients are able to benefit from that. And I've just been so lucky to be able to coach with you for these number of years. And I just hope it continues on and on. And even yet, we haven't seeing each other actually in person. (laughs) No, we've never
0: actually met in person. (laughs) We will someday though. We've got to do that. Yes. I know that we will. And it's still true. I mean, you're still my perfect, I call you my biz bestie. You're still the perfect partner for me. And I'm so excited that we have gone through so much together. And of course there's still so much that lies ahead, but it's so much better just having you by my side.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on your podcast.
0: It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for tuning in with my interview with Kathleen. As you can see, she is just such a sweet and amazing person. Her area of expertise runs so deep and not only that, but her own experiences of being someone who didn't really start out enjoying exercise or running and really being able to transform that area within herself is what allows her to lend such a listening ear and a helpful hand to so many of her clients as they strive to really up-level themselves, not only in the physical and exercise area of their life, but also mentally, applying all the life coaching tools that she's learned through the life coach school and that i have learned too and how we've been able to connect through that together it has been such a fun journey with kathleen and i'm so glad uh, to have her on here today so that she could share all of that with you Thanks for tuning into the Resolve podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tisano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show and subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytisano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.